Thank you for joining our Transform 365 podcast, a discipleship and teaching ministry of SWCC. We pray this teaching helps you to grow in your journey with Christ. We have some great resources available for you on Transform365.com webpage. Feel free to download discipleship materials, small group teaching, as well as peruse our training workshops. Also take time to visit www.swcc.org for videos, teaching, and more. We thank you for listening and your support. We'd love to hear from you. So use our contact page and drop us a line. Now, for our podcast teaching. Welcome to the Transform 365 podcast. I'm Pastor Cody and my co-host is Pastor John. Today we're talking grace. Well, first of all, I just want to thank the Lord for giving this opportunity to get together. We've been playing this for how long? Pastor Many Cody? years. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, finally, um, I think, the, you know, we I trust and believe in the Lord that this is the right time to start this podcast. So. We had our 400 silent years and at the right time, exactly. the Lord brought this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very thankful and I'm also thankful for being next to you, brother. Uh, we've been talking, like I said, we've been talking about this for a long, long time and finally it has come so i'm excited yes of course of course so john let me ask you um kind of you know looking at how our church you know we were founded on a distinction of free grace Mm -hmm. um and we're going to get to that in a little bit Mm -hmm. um but what was your salvation journey and your your journey into the free grace movement let me ask you that sure um i came to faith in in the year in, in 2000 Y2K, remember Y2K? Everybody was freaking out, saying that <laughs> the, the world's world gonna, gonna end. end. Right. <laughs> so I mean, I, that's when I got saved when everybody was freaking out. But, um, but, but other than that, um, I got saved through um, um, a sports ministry that I watched on um, on television one day. And uh, you know, those that know me know that I'm into sports and I love sports. But um, I saw the athlete in t- on television, and he, he was speaking of Jesus. And I go, I need to know this Jesus more. And uh, eventually that led to um, going to church. And going to church, uh, I learned, I didn't learn free grace right, right at the start, but it started with, with simple instru- um, teachings of Christ and, you know, what, um, especially prophecy. The, the, the old pastor, the old pastor I used to, the old church I used to go to, the pastor was really into prophecy. So um, that caught my eye, the rapture, tribulation, you know, the book of Revelation and all that. Oh, yeah. A lot of the Spanish pastors in Miami are are dispensational and heavily into prophecy in Israel. Yeah. Yeah. So that caught my eye. And then that led to uh, me going to a pre-trib conference in Dallas, Texas. And obviously pre-trib means that we believe that the rapture is before the tribulation. That's why we're called pre-trib. And um, for clarification, Dallas, for many of you that don't know, is right there next to Jerusalem as the holiest of cities. <laughs> you heard about that, brother. <laughs> so, go ahead. Yeah, so I was at the conference, the pre-trip conference, and it's a Bible uh, prophecy conference. And during the Q and A session, um, some guys stood up and um, asked a question, and he had, he had uh, a Spanish accent. A Latin accent. So after the session, I went up to him and I introduced myself, and he introduced himself, and it ended up being um, Rene Lopez. And Rene Lopez is Cuban. If you all, if you all know Rene Lopez, yep. you know that he's Cuban by the way he talks. Yep. yep. <laughs> so um, we became friends. You know, we exchanged numbers. And I'm not angry. This is my uh, this is my talking <laughs> voice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
So um, we became friends. We exchanged numbers, and um, he introduced me to free grace theology. He introduced me to a lot of books by Zane Hodges. The first one that I ever read was absolutely free, and then I read I read uh, Grace um, and Eclipse, and um, I read other um, books by by Zane, and that really like set me on fire for not only for the Lord, but just to learn more and more about, you know, what free grace theology teaches. And that led me also to the, I guess, in my opinion, I don't know what your 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 opinion is on this, Brother Cody, but um, the best book on, um, on free grace theology is The Reign of the Serving Kings by Jody Dillow. And now he's come out with The, the Final Destiny, which is, yes. how many pages is it's, that? <laughs> it's something like an extra 700 pages. It's it's amazing. It's an entire extra book yeah. in his revisions. I got the book right in front of me. I got The Reign of the Serving Kings right in front of me, and it's, uh, how many pages is this? It's about 700 pages, it looks like. I'm sorry, 605 pages. But you have Final Destiny yeah, right behind and, you. And so Final I'm Destiny. I'm curious to find out how many pages that has. <laughs> but like I was saying, I... Um, I got into free grace theology through Zane Hodges and through Jody Dillow, and I just kept on and kept on and um, and really understood uh, what the free grace gospel is is really about. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, Jody does do such an excellent job in really just uh, taking a look at at the Word and yep. looking at the Word compared to the Word. So scripture to scripture and trying to figure out. You know things that might be considered problem passages, and just to let you know, that's he went from what was that number? Six hundred and let me get to the. This is without the the index here. I'm going the last page in his book in Reign of the Servant Keys. This was the first book which was published in the eighties. Six hundred eight. Yeah. So now he's at one thousand one hundred twenty-six in Final Destiny. I, I, I want to so. correct myself here. 92 was The Reign of Serving Kings. And then Final Destiny came out, what, two years ago? Yeah, not too long ago. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, when you really just look at what Dillo's doing in his work um, in Final Destiny and Reign of the Serving Kings, he's really just taking a look because the Bible does not contradict itself. Mm -hmm. We can look at it and see it as truth. Right. I mean, uh, I believe everything that the Bible says I believe even its cover where it says it's holy. And so in that, we need to really just, if we want to be good Bible students, if we want to grow in our understanding of the Lord, we really should try to understand the Bible for all it's worth. Really just take a look at it and say, okay, so if the Bible does not contradict itself, if, the God, if God, as he says, is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, mm -hmm then maybe I'm just not getting this right. Mm. Maybe I'm not coming to a full understanding of what this is. And uh, Jody just does an excellent job of, of trying to help us in that. Well put, brother. Before, um, I know you got your testimony coming up here, but before I hand it over to you, brother, the, I, you know, I do want to mention Grace Evangelical Society. They were very influential in my, in my growing spiritually in, in God's Word and also the Free Grace Alliance. Um, were very, very influential in my life too, and to this day, you know, I still, you know, go to their conferences and um, buy their books, and um, you know, I just didn't want to, yeah, we forget them. <laughs> we, we've hosted both of them yeah. here at uh, Southwest Community Church, Amen, and uh, you know, support the ministry uh, there, and just really happy to uh, to see what Bob and Sean are doing, yep. and 
and then Grant and Jeremy over at FGA are doing, they, they all, both organizations are very much needed and, you know, um, just glad they're out there. So I like what GS is doing. They, they put out a, a blog every day. Yeah. Yeah. Like a fresh blog every day. It's that's pretty tough. To it's do hard to come up with content constantly, Man. you know, especially in big busy schedules. Yeah. So, so give them props. Well, in my life, I um, I grew up in um, a Christian home. Um, you know, my family. I'm I'm very happy to say that um, generation after generation, for to my knowledge, the last uh, three generations um, are believers mm. um, on my dad's side. That is. And, um, you know, uh, we grew up, uh, like I said, in a Christian home. I'm the youngest of six. Um, but growing up Christian doesn't make you Christian. And, uh, I found that out when I was nine years old. Um, actually maybe it was 10. (laughs) When was Andrew? 1992? Something like that. 92. Yeah. So, so it was 92 and, um, I was sitting in in church on Sunday, and my dad had just given me, uh, he had gifted all of us, it was Easter Sunday, he had gifted all of us um, a CSB Bible, Mm. and it was the century version, and um, I never forget it, I'd just gotten that new Bible, I'm sitting there, and um, for some reason... The Sunday school teacher, this this wasn't at Southwest. We had just um, moved back to Miami not too long ago, and we were going to an offshoot of Southwest called Faith. Mm. And um, i never forget the Sunday school teacher. He said, you know what, guys, um, I, I just want to share because the kids were going crazy in the class, as kids do. And he said, I just want to share with you guys Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Mm. And he got to the point where it's, you know, it is a gift of God, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that you shouldn't, it, it's so that no one could boast, right? It's not by a work. And then it just clicked. It just clicked because he said, no one, you can't get to heaven on your own. No one can get you there, you know, or else you'd boast or somebody else would boast on their own ability. Mm-hmm. It's only through what Jesus did. And then it clicked. I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to hell. And that was a scary thing for a 10-year-old to be thinking. Mm. And I would like to say that, um, you know, I put my trust in Jesus for the relationship with Jesus, but it wasn't. Mm. I I was doing it for selfish reasons. I was doing it because I didn't want to go to hell. I was scared of hell. Mm -hmm. And so I trusted Christ as my Savior then. And... um, and then I really, I grew up in Free Grace Churches. Mm-hmm. Faith was a Free Grace Church. Southwest is Free Grace Church. And so I was blessed by that teaching. Um, but I really came to the understanding of Free Grace theology and the difference that it was um, as I really kind of um, experienced the other side of things. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the more aggressive... Um, works-based salvation that's Mm -hmm. out there and being exposed to that um you know just going to you know growing up i've been the youth pastor uh i was the youth pastor at southwest since 2002 and going to the different conferences that are out there and experiencing you know at a word of life conference them sharing the gospel and then you kind of look at yourself like well that doesn't make sense what they just said Mm. you know uh You've probably heard it, the ABCs of the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. And in order to be saved, you have to A, 
admit, right? Admit your sinner. Right. B, believe. Right. And then C, confess. Right. And I was saying in my head, well, that doesn't really match up to what the Bible says because nowhere did Jesus, you know, look at any of the individuals he's sharing the gospel with, but predominantly, let's just, you know, Nicodemus, right? Yeah. Uh, in John 3, he doesn't say, hey, Nicodemus, you have to admit, you know, then believe, and now you have to confess. No, he just looked at him and he says, hey, look, you, you need to believe in me. And mm. to the masses in John 6, you have to believe in me. To the woman, you know, at the well, he says, you know, drink. Right. Right. Um, and, and it's all freely. Mm. And so there was no admission of guilt or believing or or confession, you know, that tied in all together. It was just believe. Right. It's a one step process. Mm. It's so. funny how the Lord works. He worked with he worked in you through the scriptures. Yeah. Brought you to free grace theology through the script. And he worked through me through a person. Yeah. Yeah. I had he had to put Renee into my life. To share the difference, to yeah. share, and, and to you know to lead me to to the to Zane's books, to Jody's book, to the to GES, to Free Grace Alliance, amazing. And God used the scriptures with you. Yeah. So God works in different ways with different people. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. What really just uh, solidified it with me was one day I was reading, you know, I was doing a, a my associate's degree over at um, Miami. Uh, <laughs> Miami Dade College, right? Um, and I was sitting there reading my Bible, and you know, just kind of doing a devotion in between classes. It, it, I had one of those weird schedules where you didn't have, you know, about forty-five minutes of classes, and so it wasn't really worth driving home. Right. So I was in between classes, and I'm reading my Bible, and this kid comes up, and he's like, "Oh, what are you reading?" And I told him I was reading my Bible. And so um, he was a five-point, you know, the tulip. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't call him a Calvinist because, you know, in reading Calvin's Institutes and, and his own commentaries, yeah. Calvin wouldn't consider himself exactly, a Calvinist. Yeah. But a Dordist, I guess you'd say, okay. or a Beezist. And so um, he starts just going at me. Um, on, and, and I had no reason why he was coming at me so strong. And really just, I guess, tried to make sure of my salvation, mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. And um, and so he started using Ephesians 2, really, uh, out of its context. Mm. And, and that really just put me on a search, you mm. know. And he was trying to say that the free gift... That is referenced in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight, nine, mm, I know and where you're going. ten. Yep. The free gift was your faith, mm. and so I didn't know really the original languages or anything of that nature at that time. But you know, I kept on trying to you know show him scripturally how mm. that doesn't make sense mm -hmm. because um, really how how you know scripture is structured free gift or gift mm -hmm. right in it um always points back to grace right you know even paul he references it a few times you know um ephesians 2 5 really you know it's it's this gift that comes from god which is called grace Amen. right yeah and so um and if and paul really hits it more than anyone else but that's really what 
set me on the search, and that yeah. led me to uh, National Bible College. Oh with man, Rev you, Sellers. I, was, I forgot to mention. Yeah, NBC. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah, you go so, first, and then I would see how... So uh, that, that sent me to, to go to Rev and really just fall in love with the original language. Yeah. Um, no one could... Rest in peace, Rev. No one could dive into the Greek like Rev. Right. I think um, it was uh, Al Valdez and a, and a few others that have said yeah. that... Um, who have sat under Zane and, and studied at DTS that said um, that no one was as proficient and amazing at the Greek as C. Norman Sellers. Right. And um, I was just blessed to sit under his tutelage as you as you were. Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say, I was going to mention when Al Valdez spoke at the GES conference, or the regional here yeah. at Southwest Community Church, he mentioned three three guys Yeah. that were his, the best, he said, his in his opinion, the, the best Greek professors were, number one, Rev Sellers, he just mentioned, Norman Sellers, Bruce Metzger, and then Zane Hodges. Yeah. He said those are the three that he mentioned. So, yeah. so just to confirm what you said about um, Rev, man, unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah. Let, let me let me um, going back to National Bible College. Yeah. Well, after I met Renee and you know I read some of Zane's books and then um, um, well Renee told me to come to Southwest Community Church because it was it was a free grace church. So then I used to come because I still I was still part of another church. I used to come on Sunday evenings. Yes. I'm sure you yeah. remember those days. <laughs> Started at six o'clock. Yeah, and Pastor Chip was the the um, pastor back then, and I used to come, and then that's how I learned about National Bible College, and I, you know, I, I signed up, and I learned the Greek from from Rev, you know, I learned theology through Rev, and and then you know he was one of Zane's students. He used to talk a lot about Zane when he was when I used to go over to the um, to his church in Fort Lauderdale, and I used to take. Greek classes, you know, live there with him on the chalkboard. <laughs> yeah. So, and he would talk a lot about Zane. So, National Yeah, Bible he sat under some of the, the powerhouses of Man. those days. Yeah. He was with Howie, Howie Hendricks, yep. Zane Hodges, Ryrie, Walver, uh, Walver yeah. Dr. Leitner. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Dwight D. Pentecost. Yeah, he was there. I mean, you know, Giants. That, yeah, Giants of the theological world at yeah. that time. So, um, I was blessed to, to go to National Bible College, and it was. Um, you know, he was always there for me. You know, I would call him up anytime, and he was—he would always pick up the phone. Oh yeah. And he, you know, if I had a question on the Greek, he would—if it took two, three hours, four hours, whatever it took for me to understand it, he would take the time to. Oh yeah. To share, oh, yeah. you know, and to teach me. So I'm very, very grateful. Yeah, for, I was for very Sellers. blessed. You could call him at any time and yeah. just ask, you know, pick his brain. Yeah. Yeah. So. So let me ask uh, John now. Um, you know, we've we've talked a little bit of of our coming to salvation, yeah. of our experience in the free grace, right? Um, and uh, we talked about our church. Um, let me ask you, what is free grace theology or free grace movement, as as some Good like question. to call it? Yeah, I wrote down two things, and and I think these are you know obviously everybody has different opinions, and within the free grace movement, I'm sure you're gonna probably say something different than what I'm, I'm about to say but number one um when a person comes to faith the free grace movement teaches that the person receives or believes or trusts in christ look at those three words that i use receive believe and trust in christ as their savior not as their lord mm-hmm 
And why do I say that? Because Savior in the free grace movement is first. And once you get saved, then it's your responsibility to make him your Lord. Mm-hmm. It's a choice, right? Yeah. He doesn't necessarily, he does, God does not make himself Lord it. Yeah. He doesn't force it on you. Yeah, if you if you look at all the ideas um, that we see lived out today, yeah. right? The Queen of England does not force her sovereign lordship upon right. anyone, does mm-hmm. she? No, her position deems it. Right. And that's the same with our God. Mm-hmm. He's sovereign, mm-hmm. whether we want him to be or not. Mm-hmm. He is Lord because nature declares right. his great position that he owns and he himself owns. Right. And so, uh, you know, I think that a lot of times we mix this idea of Lord and Lordship up because we feel that people have to recognize. Right. But nature declares it. Right. His very character declares it. Right. Yeah, so it's nothing correct, that on our part that we have to do. Yeah, so, uh, so the Free Grace Movement teaches, Free Grace Theology teaches that he becomes the Lord of your life after justification. Mm-hmm. He becomes your master. He becomes your teacher. Yeah. In order for you to grow in him and walk with the Lord, in order to be Christ-like. And, uh, and I, I, I got to emphasize it. It's, it's, it's the, the, pers- the believer's responsibility to take, make that step. Yes. To become, yeah. like you love to say, to become a, a pupil, a student, a learner exactly. of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. So, you know, you hear the phrase being thrown around, um, you know, receive the Lord, uh, receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. But, you know. I like um, J. Bear McGee says yeah. that I hear people going around a lot saying, you got to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Mm. And he says, uh, as he always does in that great Southern accent mm-hmm. from, you know, Texas, he says, Fran, I'd like to tell you, make sure you have him as Savior before you make him oh, your Lord. Oh, man, that's great. That's and great. Uh, that's true. We can't reverse yeah. that order. That's right. You know, we can't reverse that order. And, yeah. if, and if you listen to a lot of the, especially our church here, you know, when you when you're preaching up there, brother, and you always when you present the gospel, is to believe in Christ as your Savior. Yeah. You never hear, and and, and I'm not saying that you know we want Christ to be the Lord of our lives. Yes. Yeah. Most definitely, I don't want to confuse anybody here that we want that, but it happens after you trusted and believed in him. Yeah, I mean, after, after, especially in Paul's writings, a lot of times, if you read Paul's writings, yeah. after talking uh, salvific passages and theology, mm-hmm. and, you know, even Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, what's the following verse? Yeah. Right? For you are created in good works. Oh, exactly. Right? right? So it's something that it's not part of our salvation. It's part of our growth Amen. process. Amen. But we are to do it, as it says in yeah. Ephesians 2, 8, and, you know, 9 and 10. Right. You know, we're created for good works. So do it. Yeah. You know, go out there and be active. Why? Because you want to please this great and mighty king. Amen. Your life can be a thank you. Right. If it, you would just live it. In my, my opinion, um, who does... The best job, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, in in distinguishing salvation and discipleship is Charlie Bing. 
And um, Charlie Bing has a has a good book. So what's it, what's it called? Salvation. I forgot the name of it. Which one's the one? Grace, salvation, discipleship. Exactly that one there. Yeah. Grace, discipleship, and, and what is it? Grace. Grace, salvation, and discipleship. Grace, salvation, discipleship. And he does a great job of distinguishing these two: salvation from discipleship. Yeah, that's the number one. A side, B side. He exactly. Does an excellent job. Oh that. man, yeah. excellent. So that's number one. Number two, um, you hear the phrase "faith alone and Christ alone." Every you hear that from in every church. You hear it every. Uh, podcast you hear it in every website even the reformed brothers always say faith alone and christ alone right cody yep but when you really look at what faith alone christ alone means they who don't believe like we do in the free grace movement they believe it in a different way and i believe jody dillo does a great job in and i'm gonna quote from his book here reign of the serving kings uh does a great job in 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 describing what the people who are who, who, who don't subscribe to free grace theology, but they subscribe to something else. And um, it's called front-loading the gospel and back-loading the gospel. So when Jody says in front-loading the gospel uh, means attaching various works of submission and obedience on the front end and including them in the conditions for salvation. That's page 10 in Reign of the Servant Kings. Let me read it one more time, Cody, and I'm sure you yeah. definitely agree with this in... I'd like to hear your what you have to say about this. Jody says, front-loading the gospel means attaching various works of submission and obedience on the front end and including them in the conditions for salvation. In other words, when you're presenting the gospel, you shouldn't attach works or, um, or submission of some type or obedience to become a believer. Yeah, let's let's put it in an example form. Yeah. How about that? So if a if a father was to say to his son, I'll give you ten dollars a week if you cut the grass, mm. would you call that grace, John? No, no. that's not grace. Why? Because it requires exactly work. Works. Works on the part of the son. The reward in this case, um, it must be earned in order to be received, right? Yeah. If the father says, Son, You've been real, doing really good in school and helping around the house with your mom, so I'm going to give you $10 to spend as you will. Again, is that grace? No. Why? Because now it's not worked for, but it's merited. That's right. Right? Right. And so this is a merited gift. But if a father sees his son in need because of the love that father has for his son... Mm. And he goes ahead and he extends grace to that son mm-hmm. without regard to merit or without regard to a work or action that has been given. Right. But he sees that that would benefit his son, that $10, right? Yeah. yeah. And the father, out of his love for his son, takes it out and gives it to him. Mm-hmm. That is the closest that we can really say to grace, right? Amen, yeah. False and unbiblical religions, uh, they don't know God's grace. Mm-hmm. And, that, you know, we we give a, you know, it's, I love every time I write free grace in in on a paper or, um, you know, when I'm writing an article or book, mm-hmm. what ends up happening is you get that little uh, squiggly line under free and grace. Yeah. Um, or under gift and free, right? Mm-hmm. And the reasoning is, is because grace is free. Mm-hmm. Gifts are free. Presents are free. You don't pay for them. 
you know, uh, at Christmas, we're not taking out $5 and handing it to our parents, mm-hmm. you know, because they got us a gift because then we're participating right. in the purchasing of the gift. Right, right. And even if it is a small aspect that we're adding to, mm-hmm. it's no longer a gift and we need to change the name. And I don't believe that God's into changing names of his scripture. Yeah. You know, if he's called it free, then we need to believe that. Free if he's called it a gift, then we need to believe that. That's right, right. I, I want to uh, add something to that, brother. That's a good illustration there. But I remember going back to Rev Sellers. He, I would never forget this. And I always mention this. I know it's kind of, uh, I say this a lot, but he told me, whenever you're presenting the gospel, don't have the person do something. Yeah. Always have the person to believe in something. Yeah. And obviously, believing in Christ. Yeah. Don't have the person do something. And that's what front-loading the gospel means, is doing something in order for you to um, you know, become a, a believer or a Christian. Yeah. Now, back-loading the gospel, Brass Cody, is um, another thing which um, a lot of people teach this. And they teach it, how do I say this, ignorantly or... Or how else can I can I say? Because if you really look at what they're teaching here, um, and I'm talking about people who don't subscribe to Free Grace Theology, they are backloading the gospel. Uh, let me give you what Jody says. A far more subtle change in the gospel, however, occurs when someone or some people backload the gospel. Backloading the gospel means attaching various works of submission as the means for achieving the final aim of our faith, final deliverance from hell, and entrance into heaven. To break that down in, 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 I'm an, e- in an easier way to see this, is that you're, you need to keep on working in order to stay saved. Yeah, yeah. And again, uh, you know, if, if we have to keep on working to stay saved, then everlasting is a poor tie-in word what did Rory say about that yeah he says uh if if uh if you can lose your salvation then everlasting is a terrible word it has the wrong name yeah yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) and that's the thing is you know we we have been given this gift Mm -hmm. of everlasting life Mm -hmm. you know and and just to kind of get you know because we're both we we both like uh the going back to the original language and you know, so I'll have a little bit of a grammar spasm here when it comes to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. And yeah. I'm just going to go oh, ahead and read you, it. I love the way you break this down. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and read it just so we can, you know, uh, those that are listening, they don't have to, um, you know, keep on guessing. You know, let's go to Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. And in it, Paul really just lays it out on the line, I think, for us. And let me go ahead and get there. <clears throat> He says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. And so um, I just want to go ahead and say in the original language, Mm -hmm. that word faith is what's called a genitive or an ablative and it's a um, different case and gives a description. It shows a, shows a separation or distinction, right? Mm-hmm. So we have this faith. The faith is something that you are bringing to the table. That's it. That's right. 
the word saved, it's in the perfect tense. Um, it's a perfect, you know, tense participle. It's in a passive voice. Now we're getting very, you know, descriptive here. But it's what's receiving the action of the subject, mm. which is grace. Mm -hmm. um, in Ephesians 2.8, the word gift, it's an anonymative case, which means the, the offering of grace, mm -hmm. right? That's right. So that's what's being offered is grace. Mm -hmm. And we're receiving it through our faith. Mm-hmm. As you continue on, what ends up happening is you're saved. Yep. As a result of what has been given, mm -hmm. which is grace. Mm -hmm. So it's happening to you. Right. You are doing one aspect, which is faith. Right. You're receiving this gift, which is tied to grace. That's right. Now, I like to explain it in faith this Faith is way. not the gift. Exactly. Faith is not the gift. Right. In the original language, it's just very similar to to Spanish. Mm. And uh, for people that are familiar with Spanish, you know that endings let you know who has the belonging. Right. And the word faith um, does not have the same ending in as the, in the Greek uh, in the Greek mm -hmm. as grace does to gift. That's right. Uh, gift and grace have the same ending, so showing they're partnered or ownership mm -hmm. of one another. And so um, those types of things are, are context keys, I guess you would say. Yeah. That let us know what's taking place That's there. great, brother. That's so. great. I love the way you break that down. And I've heard you say this many times, too, when you're teaching and stuff like that, too. And even in conversations throughout the hallways here at the church, when people, <laughs> like, they, they, they think that the, that the gift is, the, is yeah. the faith when it's really not. And you broke it down very good. What I like them, what I like, and and I'm gonna end my my section here with this is that your salvation is not by works in the beginning. Yeah. During the time of your walk with the Lord, and at the end. Yeah. It says there, it's not from works, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So, so some guys, with the reform guys, will say that okay, so it's obviously it's not work from works when you become saved. But then they add the works to stay saved. Exactly, yeah. And that's wrong. And and that's why Paul clarifies it, because I think he knew we would have a tendency to go back to works. In yeah. fact, Galatians is all about that, right? Right, right. Because he says in verse 9, lest any man should boast. Yeah. It is not by works, lest any man should boast. Right. And so really what he's just saying is, hey, look, it's about that grace. And if it wasn't about that grace, mm. then you would sit there and believe that you had earned this. Yeah. Which Jesus earned it by the sweat of his brow, and by the blood that poured, man, and by taking the sin and death yeah. that we deserved. Now, I know that a lot of people would call that easy believism if we're not requiring somebody to do something. Yeah. But that's because Jesus did the hard part. Oh, man. And I would say, yes, it's easy, but because Jesus did the hardest of that's work. That's right. That's right. And so uh, I would say there's no part of our salvation that was easy. That's right. Because Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours. Right. And I would say that was the hardest of struggles and dedication that came from our Lord when he died on that cross. So it's not easy. Yeah. It's hard. That's right. It's 
not easy to be yeah. And I, I love there's a song out there by a band called Reliant K, and they're a punk rock Christian band, but mm-hmm. they say it so perfectly. They say, the beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair. Oh, wow. And that's the truth. Yeah. Is it doesn't seem fair that somebody that, you know, does a lot of good things, you know, gets to heaven at the same as as as, as, as a regular sinner. Yeah, yeah. But that's the beauty of grace. Amen. Is Jesus died for all, for all. That's right. And he's the savior for all. That would believe in him. So free grace theology does not, well, it does it does not front load or back load the gospel. Yeah. And also, it distinguishes what salvation is from discipleship. discipleship. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Two big distinctions. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't back load or front load the gospel. That's right. It keeps it as I like what uh, Dr. Larry Moyer says: free and clear. Right? Free and clear. Oh, Larry, keep it. Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah, keep it simple. And it distinguishes the difference between discipleship and salvation. Amen. Which is very key. And that doesn't mean we don't want people to grow. Right. As Paul says, grow in your respect to salvation. But it means that we're saying it's not tied right. to your salvation. And we, and we want people to work, obviously. Yeah. As a believer, you know, you don't work to, you know, to, to gain or to earn your salvation. You work to become a disciple. Yeah, and exactly. That's what we teach here at the church. So praise the Lord. All right, brother. Well, I think uh, we we kind of summed not that up. Yeah, show. not bad for our first <laughs> show together. And we're excited to get this podcast up and running finally. And we're looking at doing like book reviews in the future. Uh, right now, we've been both of us working through um, Lucas Kitchen's book, that's Salvation right. Discipleship, very similar title to uh, Charlie's. And so, Jeremy Vance's book. And in Jeremy school. Vance's book and uh, Hebrews. Yeah, the book of Hebrews, Companions with Christ. So we'll be working through some of these. And I would love to do a Reign of the Servant Kings one. Oh. And then interviews, too. Oh, um, yeah. You know, maybe we could get uh, our wives in here and right. talk uh, raising children. Um, we we raise our children too, but it's always good to have a woman's perspective That's on right. things, right? Because there are better halves. That's right. Um, we'll get uh, our our yeah children's ministry uh, director Justin and and Amanda in here and yep. and have them uh, take part. So we're looking forward to just building this out and seeing what the Lord does. Thank you for joining the Transform Three Sixty Five podcast, a ministry dedicated to helping you grow in relationship to Christ. If you want to know more, find us at transform365.com or on our church website, www.swcc.org, located in Miami, Florida. Until next time, remember, the only work in grace is to let grace work in you. God bless.